<laughs> what is up, everybody? Jim and I are once again joined by Mr. Jerry Micklick, the fastest gun in the West. No, maybe the fastest gun in the South. Louisiana boy. Louisiana guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, even better. Oh, uh, all good stuff. We, we talk a lot about, you know, technique and how-to and stuff like that, but it's always fun to talk about the gear. Why not? The gear. The, the gear makes the shooter, right, the Jerry? Always. Oh, just buy a good gun, you're right there, brother. Just... Just takes a few bucks and you're right there. If we've learned anything from Jerry, <laughs> I'm glad it was that. It's not It's not the, the millions of rounds downrange. No. It's, no. It, it's the gear. No, always. But it, it, it is fun to talk about gear. You have right here, this is your race gun. Right. My open division. Let's, three. I mean, walk us through it. Okay. This, yeah. is, an, this, Show is, and a, tell. this is an open division, uh, three gun. It's the, it's the new performance center. It's the M&P 9 performance center 2.0. From Smith and Wesson. From Smith and Wesson. What so makes right. it a 2.0? Uh, they have the the frame. Okay. They they change some of the actual dimensions of the frame. The the, the pins that hold the action in, uh, the action parts are different. Uh, the slide the slide release is different. The magazine release is different. The the performance center one has a trigger over travel, comes stock with the frame. So I, it's it's not a new color then. Not a new color. <laughs> yeah, it's it. They've done a lot of a lot of stuff. The 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 M and P was a great gun. This this one they made better trigger. Okay. okay. They made it have a better trigger. What uh, describe what's better about it? The they actually changed the lever point on the sear, with the, with with the trigger bow. Okay. So the trigger pull is enhanced. It's a little lighter, more consistent than the other guns. Uh, the durability is the same. I would think uh, one of the big changes also would be the, the texturing on the frame is more aggressive. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So the other mm-hmm. frame had a longer tang in the back. They shortened that up. Uh, it comes with four grip adapters now, I think, and the other ones had three. Mm-hmm. So I added this aftermarket magwell to it, uh, to it, and uh, I added two extra ports to the barrel. I, had mag- I sent it to Magnaport. So it has four ports instead of the two from the factory. Okay. Okay. So I get to play with a little bit of that. I put a Timney trigger in it, and I have the Vortex Venom red dot on it. The way the gun comes from the factory, it's cut for an optic, mm-hmm. and it comes with, I think, five adapter plates. So it fits like seven different models, makes of optics. Yeah. So yeah, there's no standard in, uh, in the pistol optics yet, so you kinda, the, they yeah. kind of give you something that'll fit just about everything. Yeah, it's a baggie with their bolts and, and, and uh, plates to fit. It comes with higher sights for those sights that, for those optics that'll let you co-witness. Uh, it's just I leave this on there so, uh, so I can drag it on the host. I don't use them. It's just uh, yeah, just something to get in the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, no, but the, the gun is great. They also have an enhancement on the frame where there's a steel insert in the in the dust cover here uh, for the flashlight. Oh, okay, sure. So the frame is more rigid. It's just uh, this one has a tungsten guide rod in it. Uh, I put a. What's one, the tungsten guide rod do? Gives it a little muzzle weight. Okay. I'll put a little more more weight yeah. forward. Yeah. I used to run a. On the other gun, I'd, I'd run it a, a flashlight on it just as a counterweight to keep the muzzle rise down. Okay, just oh, keeps okay. it shooting yeah, flat the, Yeah, the open guns are not limited to texture change on the grip mm-hmm. and the weight of the gun uh, to a certain uh, point. The magazines have to be 170 millimeter. So this magazine is a standard MEP with a, I call it a boot. It's an extension. This one's made by uh, Taylor Freelance. It takes 27 rounds. So it's a 28-round pistol if I want, if I want to do that. Yeah, it's been super reliable. The MEP series, one thing, I know there's a lot of 1911 guys out there, and I like 1911s, but the new, the new generation of polymer guns are so great. Okay. They are. They are, they are, I mean, don't do anything. 
You just shoot them. I mean, it's... It, so you don't uh, have to hand fit stuff, polish stuff. No. It just kind of is what it, it is. It's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if you're a die in the wool, you know, old blue steel uh, pistol guy, you look at these things and it, it looks like a Tupperware thing. Uh, but uh, it, it's so advanced in its durability and its, its application to the target. It just, and the magazines are so good. And that's what hampered 1911s for a long time. So I'm going to preach about magazines. Please do. This is, this is the heart and soul of any pistol system. And these magazines have been, I have shot these for, I think I've changed springs out in them now probably five times. It doesn't look new. Not many people get to the point where they're even changing springs in their magazines one no. time. So and Jerry's done it five. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, this is like almost original to the gun, to the previous uh, M&P, and I shot it for years and years. So I probably have about eight years worth, ten years worth of use on these mags. So I train with my shooting matches, and I never had to change a mag body. Wow. That's incredible. You know? So to me, and they work, the, the magazine is the heart and soul of a gun. I'm going to say that again. If you don't have a good magazine, the rest of this is just dressing. You can just, this has, this has to be there. And a striker-fired gun, I, I never thought, I'm old school, you know, with dial phones and what have you, 1911s were cool. But the striker-fired feature of these handguns make them so simple that it's hard to mess them up. Yeah. Okay. And another big advancement, and I'll, I'll say this anytime to any 1911 guy that, that ever shot a 1911, that external extractor is a blessing. It is. It's like maintenance-free. And a 1911 guy, they, they have to buy these after, after, ex, very expensive aftermarket. Or you're always checking attention on your extractor. It's the weak link of a 1911 is the extractor. But it's also as important as a good magazine is a good extractor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if this don't get the bullet out of the gun, the next one's not going to go in. Yeah, you got to get one in, you and get, you got to right, get it out of there right. when it's so, not needed Yeah, anymore. so the extractor is, external extractors, even Browning went to them on their uh, Browning High Power. Original ones had an internal, and the later ones had an external. This is external extracted, and if you had to do any maintenance on it, you just knock a pin out and change the spring. That easy. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, Jerry, um, you know, we brought up that this is your this is your race gun. Yeah. You're in the open division. Yeah. Open division. There's there's kind of there's multiple divisions. Some of them have rules around what you can have on your guns, what you can yeah. use to try yeah. and yeah. sort of level the playing field, so to speak. And open, it's a little bit more of anything. It, it, goes. it is. It is. Yeah. Now a lot of guys in open divisions nowadays, and you kind of have, have talked about 1911s. A lot of guys will be going to these 2011s, which is the right. double stack kind of 1911. Right. And right. you haven't gone that route. And uh, and that's just because of all the reasons you kind of mentioned here. You just there's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This is working just fine. Why go fancier? Or? Now you brought that topic up about like 2011s. Yeah. So most guys who shoot the the big guns, the uh, double stacks like that, the, the, it has a frame mounted optic. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So what that means is that fit to that slide to the frame has to be as accurate as the fit to the barrel to the slide. Yes, because the, true. the the frame is looking here and the, and the slide is looking somewhere else. Didn't think and about they, that. And they have to be fitted as precisely as the barrel is fitted to the slide. So when you put the optic on here, you've negated that frame fit. So when this thing is closed, this doesn't matter. Sure, the little hmm. wobble in there. Right. The little, yeah. So if my sight was on the frame, that would be huge dispersion. Yeah. At 20 yards, 25 yards. But on this, it doesn't matter at all. Unless you paid a boatload of money to get some absolute perfect, right. just right. precise, crazy yep. thing. Yeah. yeah, so you're looking at a, you're looking at a top uh, price on a race gun would be, ooh, five grand, 4,500 bucks. And you can, get, you, can get, you can get into an M&P a lot, lot cheaper than that. Yeah. yeah. And you can usually, what I, 
I kind of equate. I'm I'm old school with spending money. I'm probably the tightest guy you ever met. <laughs> <laughs> People know that, but <laughs> I, I kind of equate. Th- uh, if if I had a barnyard to walk through and it's muddy, and I had a ten dollar pair of rubber boots and it got me there, my feet are dry, and I put on a six hundred dollar cowboy boots and I walked through that mud, what did I accomplish? I got mud on both of them. And you got to the other side. I got to the other side. <laughs> so with this, I can get to the other side. Okay. With a lot cheaper, I could have a backup gun for the price. I could have probably have three guns, set up, ready to roll, for same price. So I, three guns is better than one gun. Every, everything has a price point with me, is what I'm saying for its performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if if I found something lacking, I would have to go. I'd have to find something better. But I hadn't I hadn't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. And this this solves what I need to do in three gun. It gets everything done. Uh, they just, uh, they're, you know, what can I say? They're very easy to maintain. Mm-hmm. Well, so. Jerry, maybe, you know, with just a little bit more shooting, you still might, might get there yet. I right? know I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> the old dog and the, and the trick thing, you know, it's starting to happen to me now, but, uh, no, but it's uh, an old dog yet. Yeah. The, the polymer guns and haven't done a lot of military classes back when, back when they had 1911 style pistols, mm-hmm. when they went to polymer, man, the, the malfunction just magically went away and these were high dollar guns too so interesting yeah that yeah. that that flared magwell yep what what what's that giving you uh giving you uh you have you can have less accuracy on a reload okay and still get it done it's kind of like a funnel. funnel yeah it's a funnel so you can have jinx mark yeah it is yep it's a funnel and some of the guys run bigger ones than this uh one thing about three gun is you're not going to do too many reloads on the clock if you're shooting USPSA, that would be a different parameter of what kind of gun is going to win that division. But in three-gun, if you're going to do a reload, you're probably going to be on the run somewhere where you have a little bit of time to make it happen. So the position of my ammunition is not that critical on a belt. Like it would be a, if I just went to a pistol match, you'd have to really have your mag pouches, I mean, perfectly aligned. But in three-gun, I, I have so much equipment on, my mag pouches are straight up and down because I'm not going to really be doing much reload on the clock. Okay. So the way I set up my equipment is for that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So this this fits that parameter really really good. What about so you brought up you know I mean striker fired yep. pistol pretty common. Yeah. I guess how does that work and how is that different than maybe you know other systems? The simplicity of it. Okay. The maintenance part. Hammer and sear is gone. Okay. You just have a sear that that'll, that'll trip a striker. Huh. I mean, it's super easy. You don't have a manual safety to mess around with. Yeah, that's just to, to me. Manual safety is getting in the way. You can you can get them either way if you want a manual safety. Oh yeah, safety. that's right. If, yeah. Yeah, this frame is actually cut for it. So if you wanted to have a manual safety, you can. Hmm. Okay. Uh, some people like manual safeties. To me, I don't see the reason for it in, in my application, so I don't use it. It's just more to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Most guys that run 1911s, the grip safety is deactivated anyway. Right. Okay. It's 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 a big hassle, so they just deactivate them. Yeah, um, the trigger on here. You said that this one, so you you got yourself a Tiffany trigger in here. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. you're just going to have a, a lighter kind of uh, more racy trigger in this yeah. in this yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, you said there was an over travel uh, thing on here. I yeah. actually wasn't aware of that. What yeah. uh, what's that doing for you? I didn't realize that triggers would ordinarily otherwise over travel. Right. So what what this feature does the over travel screw. Mm-hmm. Is when the when the striker when the trigger releases the striker, it's only going to travel a limited distance and not all the way to the back of the frame. Oh, oh. so when I'm pulling, there's no reason to pull it any further. Not, beyond. not really. Okay, 
because it shortens the trigger pull. Okay. So without it, you could not empty here. I kind of give you an idea. If you watch the trigger here when it when it strikes out, and it moves maybe forty thousand, fifty thousandths of an inch. Where without the with the trigger stop, it would it would go another another forty, fifty thousandths. Oh, it's a time saver. Yeah, it's a time saver. It's it's there's no reason for it to keep moving. Duty guns have that because it, they're they're duty guns. We we make them into race guns, so we want to race. We want to have all the all the bells and whistles to make it easier to shoot under pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you do something on a race gun and you happen to tune it wrong or you get a malfunction, you right. know it's well that stage didn't go well. It's not. Yep. My life's in danger now. Right. So that's the difference between duty guns and, and play play guns. Mm-hmm. I can get away with a lot because uh, all I have to do here is uh, shoot the next stage. If it's a if it's a duty gun, you do do something wrong. It's or well, the gun's not functioning right. And what what <laughs> competition competition shooters are very guilty of? They'll take a perfectly good gun, good gun and make it unreliable. <laughs> 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 and that's true, you know. But you put so much stuff on it that the gun's not reliable. Yep. So you have to you have to you you see a lot of that in matches. They have they have so many bells and whistles on it that really doesn't apply any anything to the performance, and it actually hinders the gun. Gotcha. So simple. 100% reliability, and that's what I'm looking for in all, in all three of my three-gun firearms is they might not be the most trick, but at the end of the day, I don't want to malfunction out of any of them. Sure. Yeah. Right. You know, one so. thing, you know, you're talking about making mods, you know, and, and this is your race gun, but one thing you mentioned yesterday that actually, oh, made a lot of sense to me, like you said, you got that ported, and then you right. had an extra port yep. put in or whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, that was something you're like, well, why wouldn't I want that on my EDC? Right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a port guy. It, you know, that's something I've always came to. A, I look at stuff very practical. So if I yes, show you do. If I look, <laughs> coat hangers and welding. That's right. <laughs> so if I went to a competition and I tried to shoot this in, in the limited class of stock, they would say, no, Jerry, this porting helps you too much and you can't use it there. So I'd go, okay, I'm not going to use it there. So I go home and I take my everyday carry out and it's not ported. So why would I not have all the advantages and cheat as much as I can and make this gun as easy as I can possibly make it in the most stressful time of my life, hopefully I'll never encounter? Why would I not want this on this gun? And those don't affect reliability in no, any way? No, no, Then there's no reason I can <laughs> think of, Jerry. But tactical guys would say no. Really? Yeah. And, I, I'm, and I'm, I've never been in a firefight. I don't claim to be a warrior. I'm, I'm not a warrior. I'm just a guy that plays and have fun. But I just kind of look at equating things, to applications. And so I'm in the most stressed time of my life. I don't want this gun to shoot easy. Mm. I don't know. I, I, and, you know, so I go, well, I don't know. I'm not a tactical guy. I'm, I'm, I'm just a gamer, you know. I just have fun. But I kind of equate things to application. I go, like, why wouldn't I want this thing ported? So we, we went out. We did some night shooting. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big things they tell you it's going to do. It's going to destroy your oh, night vision. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I loaded a, t- a 10 millimeter wide open with the incorrect powder, the most flashy propellant I could find. <laughs> I mean, it looked like a light bulb went off. You know, you know the old camera probably had, and I'm shooting this thing and I'm hitting targets and I'm ringing. I'm going like, okay, my night vision didn't disappear. Then I put the correct ammunition. Like all current handgun ammunition has a flash suppressant in it. So when you shoot, you might get a little light red glow, but it's nowhere near hampering my ability to... I can see if I'm standing out in the field shooting and I have this big flash thing going on and there's other people 
trying to snipe me. That would be a disadvantage. But um, the practical side is going to be a very short encounter, minimum rounds exchanged, and nobody else but one opponent. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's more than that, I'm probably going to be on the losing side, no matter if I had a 50 BMG or semi-automatic or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. You're going to be gone. So the, to me, the practical application is short duration, high intensity, uh, better to give than it is to receive. And I want my gun set up to be as trick as I can and still have it 100% reliable and get the job done. Least amount of input for me. Because I'm not going to really be there mentally. You're going to be reacting. You're not going to really right. have time to think. It's like you have to, you, you have to perform or you're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, 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 would like to, I would like to have a tactical guy explain that in better terms because I'm, I'm not in that realm of reality. I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm just a noisemaker having fun. Well, if somebody in the comments <laughs> is, then yeah, in, enlighten, uh, yeah, Jerry Mitchlick, if you, yeah. uh, if you wish. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm open for all debate. You know, I'm just, I'm a pretty simple guy. I just have fun. I'm not a big bad operator. I've been around big bad operators. I know the difference. I believe that. <laughs> I, bet. I believe yeah. that. I'm gonna. As qu- maybe we'll finish on. Maybe we're done. Maybe we're not done. I don't know. Maybe you think what do you something. got? Wait, well, no. I was going to say. So you got an optic on there. Surprise! That was the surprise! I'm going to talk about the optic. That was the only thing I yeah. had left. Uh, optic. You know, pistol dots or kind of you know this style of you know yep. uh, dot. Various sizes. Right. Small dot. Big yep. dot. Yep. What's uh, when you're putting it on a pistol? What are you going with? I like the larger size dots for action shooting. Okay. And I, I've shot the smaller ones for more precision stuff where I have a lot of time. Okay. But what I find is usually the bigger the dot in different lighting situations offer a, a level of brightness that will carry you through that, through that moment. Mm-hmm. You have a really highlighted, say like a, a, a white target with the sun hitting it and you get it, it is really bright white and you come into it with a small dot, it'll, it'll kind of wash it out where the bigger dot gives you some reference. Okay. So it's just like a, a light bulb kind of a thing, the brighter light. So you can, you can get the job done. Makes sense. So you yeah. got, in this case, uh, there's a Venom on here, a Venom yep. red dot, a uh, little open top style red dot. You got that with a 6 MOA dot yep. instead of the 3, yep. I'm guessing? Yep. Okay. And so, then, yeah, using those open top style ones. Yep. Those, yeah. Those work well. Battery chain. One, one thing, I've as being a mechanic and having taken down equipment before in the past, I always put a witness mark on everything. Okay. So you know if it's uh, loosened? Yeah. So if you look at mine... You see, I have a witness mark on the screws and the battery cap. Oh yeah, I have I have it on most of my most of my scope bases. Anything that that might work loose, I has a I just take a mark and put a witness mark on it. So if I'm on the line getting ready to shoot. I'm doing my check, I'm checking my magazines. I'm looking at my scope. They they give me the, the command to load. I look at my witness marks, check the brightness, check make sure I have all the equipment on, load it, put it in the host. And it's just kind of to me, it's another part of a checklist that makes my performance repeatable. Mm-hmm. Because I found I have found in the past something loose, and I'm going like shouldn't ha- shouldn't find this on the line. Right, right. I want to find it. And being a mechanic, if you're a good mechanic, you're always looking for things being wrong. It has to prove itself right. Gotcha. You always want to have that ability to look at something and say this is wrong. I say nope, everything's good and tight. Well, magazine follow is good. Yep, it's good to go. Yeah. Well, like with those witnesses, then you don't yeah. have to wonder. You know, like well, it should be good. Should right. be don't win a match, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we I should hit all those targets. That's, unless that's time why yeah. I won. That's why you drop check all your ammunition. You look at each round before you load it. You, you, you just do that because you want a hundred percent. When you, when you got a small time span to work in, you don't want to be. Hey, look, I got a bad round of ammo. I should have called this. 
it's a bad reload. The bullet's not seated right or the brass too long or the primer's sticking up. So you have gauges, you gauge everything, check everything. You don't want any surprises on the line. You want to have it surprised maybe back in the hotel or back somewhere else where you're checking your equipment. So anyway, consistency wins. Makes sense to me. Don't have to be the flash, but it has to be 100%. And one thing I do with my carry guns, by the way, when I get a new gun, I'll take it. The one thing you should always do with a new gun is clean it. Take, okay. it, take it apart, you know, pull a barrel out, clean it, take all the lube that came with, and put whatever your preference we think might be your preference, uh, and then throw it in the freezer. Load the mag. Oh, I didn't see that going there at all. I Actually, throw, I thought we no. were gonna... <laughs> Wait, what? Throw it in the freezer. I take my magazine and a pistol, and I'll just put it in the freezer. Luckily, I live out in the country where I can, I can, do, I can go out and shoot it when it's still frozen. Right. So whatever the temperature of the freezer might be, you know, zero degrees or whatever. Anyway, freeze it, throw it in there. I'll take it, load it up, step out in the backyard. I have a bullet trap right there, and I'll shoot it in my weak hand, unsupported. Boom, 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 and make it run the whole make it run the whole mag with a bad wrist lock. Right, because that's we were talking about that yeah, actually, kind right. of like with an unrelated thing. But that what is that bad wrist lock going to? potentially showcase in a oh, firearm floppy wrist yeah it's going to showcase this is going to work with bad technique mm-hmm. under bad weather conditions okay so no no condition i'm gonna go to it in a competition or in real life that i won't be able to simulate in that freezer because in louisiana i'll tell you what happened to me i'm from louisiana it's like 100 degrees all the time i went to a match in phoenix it actually snowed on me <laughs> the three gun match Super, superstition mountain three gun yeah two of my guns quit working Mm. Yeah. Is, is that when you started freezing your guns? Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I didn't have—I was freezing myself because I didn't have enough clothes. This it's snow is, fro- is, is, you know, and I'm trying to shoot, and my AR quit. This was this was twenty-something years ago, and then my 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 pistol quit. It wasn't an MP at the time; it quit. So I'm going, what is all this? So I got back home. And I started going through lubrication techniques, uh, weather changes, and ammunition choices, powder choices, and so it has to function hot in hot weather. Anything works. Uh, you can get a little bit more velocity usually. Most mm. powders, mm-hmm. most powders do that. Uh, and when they're cold, they're usually less pressure. So I started going through my equipment, make it run in that environment. Then I carry a gun the same way. Then I feel comfortable. Then I'll take the gun and strip it down and and prep it and re loop it and put it for everyday carry. I'm ready to go. So I don't trust anything anymore. When when I and I've seen that way, I know we're over time again. Surprise, surprise! But one thing, looking at your race gun, Jerry. At least when I look at it, I don't see anything that's like wildly outside of what a carry gun. Yeah, it's not too. I guess it doesn't appear too different to me. Like no, I've seen some way wackier looking race guns. Yeah. So what? Like, I mean. It's it, almost like you could like yeah that that could be a carry gun I don't know yeah it, it's just it's 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 one hundred percent reliable yeah I don't want to go I I don't for three gun I don't need anything more than that if I was shooting in a pistol only match I might have to tailor it okay be, because that next level is going to be there but in, in multi gun it's not that important to me the reliability of this setup it carries me through the moment because I have two other platforms to usually shoot mm-hmm. along with this yep. So I'm really happy with the setup. It does what I need to do when I need to do it. Sounds like a lot Bingo. of what you would need with a carry gun, too. <laughs> Just like that. Awesome. I'm out of questions, Jim. Shockingly. 
Good stuff, Jerry. Thank you very much. Oh, Appreciate you, you running through this with us. If you have any questions about Jerry's setup, definitely I'm, drop them in the comments, and uh, we'll see if we can uh, we'll see if we can answer those for you. But otherwise, catch you guys on the next one. Catch you on the, on the next one. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Always fun. Fun stuff. Bye, everybody. Bye.